Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. Thank you for joining for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast. And if you have poems or vows to yourself that you would like to share, please send them to me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. That's homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. And today we have a beautiful piece by Sabahat Solanji. And this is Sabahat's first time sharing a poem with the public. Uh, Sabahat wrote that usually their poems stay in their journal, but they felt led to share this piece with us after writing it. Um, once they, after they listened to one of our episodes, uh, this is the piece they were inspired to write. And so, Sabahat, I am with you and so appreciative of your courageous step of taking the poem out of your journal and sharing it with us. All right, this is the piece. You tell me it gets better, and I hold my breath and clench my jaw. You tell me it gets better. When I have grief sitting beside me, when I don't have stomach for it anymore, my grief sits with me, it's unbearable heat. It has sprouted roots in my gut, branches piercing through my spine. You tell me it gets better when you don't even know that you're staring at pieces of former me, or maybe you don't want to see. It's okay. I know it's my burden to carry. Maybe one day it will get better. Maybe one day I'll feel the warmth of the rising sun too. Maybe one day it won't pierce my skin anymore. But until then, let me wander away to find my fragments that I lost on my way. Let me for just this once sit with myself. For all the people that I loved only knew me at my spring. So when fall came, they didn't know what to do. Mm, so beautiful. So beautiful and necessary, Sabahat, that sometimes when we are grieving, grieving, when we feel broken, when we feel lost, uh, sometimes people around us who can be well-intentioned will try to uh, cause us to shift with some simple words uh, like, oh, don't worry, it'll just get better. And there are times in our lives where those words can feel very empty. And it's important for us to be able to be where we are, right? To not feel like we have to force the smile or pretend like everything is fine, uh, when we really feel like our very being uh, has been shattered, right? Has been scattered and shattered. And so as you named, many people are able uh, to be there with us in our spring and summer seasons. 
um, but it takes a special person, people that can walk with us, sit with us, be present with us when we are in the fall season, the winter seasons, uh, the fragile seasons, the cold seasons of our lives. And this is a gift when we uh, find those kinds of people, whether in uh, friendship or a romantic relationship, but people who will uh, bear witness and be present with us in all of our different seasons uh, without pressuring us to perform uh, or to pretend that we're in a place we are not yet in. So I am so grateful, Sabahat, and I hope you will continue writing uh, and continue being a co-journer with us in this homecoming process. So you all, this is really in alignment uh, with our topic on today. I wanna talk about um, your fear of commitment, addressing and overcoming a fear of commitment. And many of us um, at various times in our lives, and some of us have always um, had a fear of really emotionally connecting with people, uh, letting people in, getting close, allowing people to know you uh, deeply and to really make a decision right, to choose to show up for people and to choose to be open to allow them to show up for us. Uh, it takes courage to be open. It takes courage to be vulnerable. It takes courage to say, I choose you, right? I choose you in my winter, in my spring, in my summer, in my fall. I choose you when I'm feeling very chatty and talkative and uh, giddy. And I choose you uh, when I don't have a lot of words, um, when the laughter feels very far from me, right? That uh, in season and out of season. And so we think about uh, who are the people, if anyone, uh, that we have made the decision to allow to be present with us in the different seasons of our lives. And for some people, uh, the fear of commitment uh, may have caused you to keep people out, to keep people at a distance, um, and to be afraid to really commit uh, to a relationship, whether we are talking about uh, long-term uh, friendship, deep friendship or whether we are talking about uh, dating relationships or marriage, um, to assess for yourself, reflect for yourself in what ways uh, you may experience a fear of commitment um, and end up being stalled and stuck. And sometimes it can be hard to detect your fear of commitment because sometimes we will frame it as, I just have never met anyone good, right? That everyone who I meet is, um, is unqualified or unworthy or unfulfilling. Um, but we want to start to attend to if there is a pattern, if there is a way in which we sabotage our relationships, if there is a way uh, that we are intimidated by people who may actually be fulfilling, so we steer away from them, 
and we feel more comfortable and confident dealing with other people who are emotionally unavailable, right? Because then we can always complain, well, no one is available or willing to commit, but perhaps the people who were open to commitment uh, we found, interestingly, unattractive, right? Uh, that we were not interested back. And so it was never mutual. And so for some people, the idea of someone really being into you is actually a turnoff, right? Some people are drawn to uh, the chase, the challenge, the pursuit, uh, the excitement of still being a stranger. And as soon as people get too close, or start to know you a bit too much, or start to have expectations of you, um, then uh, some people get uncomfortable, right? And end up fleeing or making excuses or trying to get involved with uh, other people in order for it not to feel so close or so intense. Um, and some people's fear um, of abandonment is really what is driving uh, the difficulties with commitment. Right? So if there is this idea that uh, no one is going to stick around and everyone is going to betray you, then in order to not get hurt, you always leave first, right? Or you never really settle in anywhere um, with the assumption that if I don't let anyone get too close, then no one will ever hurt me. So I want to say, generally speaking, that having some caution around commitment can be wisdom, right? So our aim is not that, you know, I'm just, you know, committing everywhere and to everyone at all times, um, but there's a difference between uh, wisdom, discernment, caution, versus uh, being very uh, fear-based and living our lives behind an emotional wall, right? And sometimes being incapable of really connecting with others, uh, feeling like you lack the skills to even really uh, show up for people that it is so intolerable or uncomfortable uh, to be softer, to be more gentle, to be more open, right? That if all of that just sounds like unappealing, uh, there may be something deeper there than just I am uh, cautious or selective, right? So in general, you know, the, the way in which it, it can be a healthy caution or concern is that uh, letting people in is, um, is a step, right? Is a step of of trust. And so it makes sense that you want to uh, take some time to get to know a person um, as you are feeling out, you know, the nature of the relationship, feeling out the character of the person, getting a sense um, of who they are and who you are and what they're looking for, and really, uh, you know, taking time to listen. Because when we spend time having real conversation with people, and observing people over time, you get a better sense of, of who is that person beyond the fact that you may both find each other attractive or you both might have a great sense of humor 
or you both might work at the same place or work out at the same place or worship in the same place. So those are some kind of basic things you may have in common, but then you want to say like, but who is this person, right? Um, Because the reality is someone can be a good person, a kind person, but may not necessarily be a match for you, right? Or in alignment for you. Um, So I want to say that some level um, of um, caution or taking it seriously um, or wanting to, you know, take your time to get to know a person, some level of that um, is healthy and and makes, makes a lot of sense, right? Because you are, you know, a treasure. You are, as each of us is, right, you are valuable. So you want to be tuned into, you know, who who is the person or who am I choosing to share my time, my energy, uh, my intimacy, my uh, concerns, my fears, my hopes? You know, who do I want to uh, let into that world, right? Um, but then if you are um, aware that there is some like overarching issue, issue, meaning you've met multiple people. And uh, really, if you are honest with yourself, there is a part of you that goes beyond caution, that feels very uh, frightened or uncomfortable or anxious, or for some people, even irritated by people really wanting to know you, right? That if that is, if, if someone really wanting to know you is uh, irritating or threatening or um, makes you feel uncomfortable, there may be like some deeper issues there. So in order to address the fear of commitment, one of the things you want to do is start to look at the root of the fear, right? Where did this fear come from? Why does the idea of intimacy, connection, long-term commitment, uh, what about that is so uh, uh, uncomfortable or frightening for you? And for some people, it is that they have, they grew up seeing uh, relationships that were very dysfunctional, that were very unhealthy, that you saw a lot of people get mistreated. And so in some ways, your definition of what a relationship is, is toxic. So based on what you have seen, you're like, who would want that, right? I, I want to stay as far, far away from that as possible, right? If you just saw your parents uh, brokenhearted, if, you know, you look around your family and like all of your aunts or uncles either had, you know, very tragic uh, or toxic relationships or, you know, a lot of um, uh, intimate partner abuse in your uh, family line or um, a lot of unfulfilled people uh, that you saw growing up, then that may be your picture of what relationships are. And so then if we really look at it, it would be not a fear of emotional intimacy or a fear of relationships, but a fear of ending up with an abuser, um, a fear of being with someone who is deceptive, um, who is living another life that you know nothing about. Like, what were the specific things that you saw that you are hoping to avoid, 
but you have now overgeneralized to say, because I don't want that negative outcome, then I don't want a relationship at all, right? So to really get to the root of those fears. So one, it may be what you saw. For some of you, it may be what you experienced. And, you know, we have another episode on healing from breakups and divorce. And I know it can be very devastating uh, to get your heart broken. Um, it can be very devastating if you were uh, abandoned by someone who said they loved you or you were cheated on or you were emotionally or physically or financially abused, um, that these unhealthy relationships can leave you in such a wounded place that you kind of promise yourself never again. But again, we can end up overgeneralizing. So instead of saying, I never want to be with that kind of person again, or I never want to be in that type of relationship again, sometimes in order to try to stay safe, we say, let me steer away from everyone, right? Let me uh, put a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to be in relationships at all, that I'm going to focus on my career, that I'm going to focus on my hobbies, that I'm going to focus on my spirituality, that I'm going to focus on politics, like anything and everything but that, like that area you have pushed away to the side because of the wounds of the past. And again, I would encourage you to dig deep into the fear and say, like, what is the specific uh, type of relationship or outcome in relationship that you are hoping to avoid as opposed to it just being relationships overall? So not only may it have been relationships you observed or relationships you've experienced, um, but for some people, it may be uh, never about romantic relationships per se, um, but growing up with child abuse or child uh, abandonment. So if the people who were supposed to love you and care for you uh, didn't show up for you, mishandled you, mistreated you, demeaned you, uh, made you feel terrible about yourselves, uh, self, tried to uh, destroy you, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually, um, then that will create uh, difficulties for you in trusting, right? So then uh, when our uh, needs have not been met, not only around abuse or abandonment, but also neglect. So whether your physical needs or your emotional needs were not met, um, it can be very hard to believe that someone would actually show up for you, right? So the whole thing feels like a scam, feels like a lie, feels like it has to be a trick, right? Like, why would they do that for me? I remember I had a friend um, who I introduced to another friend, and the friend I introduced them to had a lot of connections in my first friend's um, career that they want to go into. So when I introduced the two of them, like, this is this person's dreams, and I know you know all these people, you know, then uh, my friend with the connections were like, oh, sure, absolutely. I, you know, love to connect you to this one and that one, like these major people in the field. And my original friend was very like um, skeptical and side eyeing and was like, you know, you don't know me. Why would you do that? And it was like so um, harsh and so like against the mood of the person who was like making the offer. And what it really was about was trust issues, right? That if you 
have not had the experience of people being kind to you without an agenda, of people being kind to you, and they're not trying to take something from you, it can be hard for you to know how to take it or like, what does it mean? Like you're waiting for the shooter drop of like, oh, you want to introduce me to them because then you're going to want me to do something like it's got to be a trick. And that's how some people are in relationships. It's like, you know, them trying to figure out what is it you're trying to take from me versus someone just enjoying you, right? Enjoying being with you. And so it is uh, important to get at, again, the root of these fears, uh, the root of the trust issues, um, and what are the things that are blocking you um, from opening up. And so uh, you know if you are perpetually saying uh, that no one uh, is ever good enough or you have these ideas that uh, of perfectionism. And so you have like this very rigid idea about how people are supposed to be, how they're supposed to think, how they're supposed to act. And um, if anything in this like super long list is not according to like the fantasy of perfection, um, then we have uh, little patience or tolerance or capacity to not uh, quickly dismiss people, right? And that can be this uh, fear of commitment. Uh, sometimes people have this, this idea that they're missing out, right? That there's always gotta be something better. So I don't wanna commit to this because who knows? Like maybe someone better will come along. And so this constant looking out there instead of building what's in here, which can in part be not having uh, an education or an awareness of what relationships uh, look like and also not really um, developing the ability to enjoy the day to day. Right. Some people just want like the fireworks of the initial meeting, right? Of like, so if you're constantly chasing the fireworks, then you always need uh, new, right? New. And then as soon as there is a sense of like familiarity or a sense of routine or a sense of we're doing life together, then in your mind that can get categorized as boring as opposed to uh, intimacy. And like, this is my best friend, right? Or this is you know, who I am walking uh, out life with, right? So sometimes it requires uh, shifting in our, in our ideas, in our expectations about um, being realistic that all of us um, are imperfect, including uh, the person who is uh, looking for love, right? Uh, and so for us to be mindful of that as we are thinking about relationships. So um, you want to also be mindful if you're the kind of person who wants all of the benefits of a relationship without the title or responsibility of relationship. Right. Because in a lot of ways that can be experienced as very selfish. Right. So if you say, um, I want this person to do all the things for me that a partner would do, 
um, and I want them to be um, accessible to me at all times, in all places, like a partner would be in some ways. Um, but because of my uh, commitment issues. I don't want it to be labeled that. I don't want anybody to know about that. Uh, but I just want all of the benefits of that. So you want to really consider um, what is your um, your openness to re reciprocity in relationships, in mutuality, right? Because sometimes a fear of commitment can be experienced by the other person as you being a user, right? So it may not be in your intention to use or to manipulate, um, but if you are wanting everything from another person um, and this kind of like commitment is important to them and that is, you know, the part you're withholding, then you may want to uh, shift either like who you are dealing with or the ways in which you are uh, navigating uh, friendship, relationship, um, intimacy, yes. And when I say intimacy, I mean in every form, right? It may be uh, emotional intimacy only. It might be physical and sexual. It might be both. Um, it may be in terms of how we uh, expect um, people's responsiveness to phone calls or to texts or to being able to make uh, long-term plans, right, of like, what are we going to do next month or this summer or for the holidays, right, looking ahead. Um, and so all of these pieces are important for us to explore. So in terms of addressing the fear, the first one I already named was really getting to the root of your fear um, of commitment and so that you can begin to heal that and work on that. And I know even as I say it, it's not as simple as identify it. For some of you to work through that fear might involve uh, individual therapy. It might involve couples therapy. It may involve um, some journaling or self-help books. You can take a look at some of the workbooks by New Harbinger Press, H-A-R-B-I-N-G-R. Uh, and then making the decision uh, to face your fears, right, to address your fears, because that's what, you know, relationships are a risk, right? It is not a guarantee. Um, and so I have, you know, a fear of being hurt or fear of being cheated on or a fear of being deceived that I think I know this person, but maybe I don't, right? But even with those fears based on my past, um, I, from what I see so far of the person, I want to get to know more. From what I see and experience of them, um, I want the relationship to go deeper. And so I am taking the risk of being more open, of being more communicative, of giving them more access to me. I am taking uh, that risk because I don't want to be controlled by my fears. Right. And so for some of us, it will mean uh, taking some steps. This is how we develop habits is begin to uh, engage in new ways, like breaking out of your old pattern. So your usual pattern is as soon as people get close, you disappear. Right. Um, to say, I want to try to stop doing that. So when people actually express they have feelings for me or they're uh, reaching out more frequently, or they're letting me know kind of their hopes for this, instead of me immediately running from that in this panic, 
you know, let me in this season see what it feels like to be still and perhaps even share with them. This is a little uncomfortable, right? Or, you know, I heard what you said. I'm not quite ready to say that back, but, you know, I hear you. I appreciate you sharing it and trying to uh, get to the other side of your discomfort. If we constantly run from our fears, we will never overcome them. It will always become this big um, mountain where we have in our minds, I can't do that, right? Some people will say others are relationship people. I just can't. And uh, the only way I discover what I can is sometimes to lean into the discomfort, uh, to try to do things a new way of like, you know, would the world really fall apart if I uh, shared something about myself that I don't normally share? You know, would the world really fall apart if I introduced my friends or my family to this person uh, who I've been seeing? Would the world really fall apart, right? Like what would happen? And, and so um, to start to step outside of your norm um, and to try to uh, dive deeper. Yes, one, one step at a time. Um, it also means that in order to address uh, the fears that uh, sometimes you have to uh, remove the things or people or distractions uh, that you are using to be buffers between you and connection or uh, between the other person and yourself, right? So sometimes we fill our lives with uh, these phones, right? So if whenever you're with someone, you're constantly on the phone, that is the buffer, right? I am using that as a tool um, and I can say anything I want. I can say it's because of work, it's because I'm busy, it's it's because I multitask and I'm listening, but I'm not listening, right? So what are the things that you have used? Sometimes it has been other people where uh, as soon as someone tries to get too close, then it's like, no, I need to engage with all of these other people in order to not really feel like one person knows me too much. So I invite you to recognize uh, what are the things, whether work, people, technology, um, that you may sometimes be using as a way of keeping the distance and to see about creating more space for uh, the person to be present in your life, right? Creating more space in your life for uh, relationship and connection. Uh, another important strategy is working on your own mental health. Some of us are set up for disappointment because we want, um, we, we are expecting people to be a rehabilitation center, that we're expecting a partner to be your therapist, um, that you're expecting a partner to be the parent you never had. And so sometimes we are putting the weight of our mental health on a dating partner. And then when we continue to have anxiety or despair or everything is not going the way we want, then it's easy to blame that person, right? You know, that I'm still anxious or I'm still depressed or I have not finish school or I'm not successful, and isn't it so much easier to blame my partner than to work on myself, right? So that can be an excuse to keep dismissing people because you keep looking for the person who is going to heal uh, the wounds of your past 
And while relationships on some levels can be healing, there's also internal work that has to be done for ourselves. And so I encourage you uh, to work on cultivating your joy, cultivating your peace, paying attention to your mental health so that you are um, more mindful of what your expectations are in relationships and not solely putting that uh, in the lap of the other person. And then as you think about moving forward in relationship, um, you want to really, or I invite you uh, to not think of relationship as prison, right? That this, if you think of it as punishment or something somebody uh, forced me to do or pressured me to do or gave me an ultimatum for, then it doesn't really feel loving to the other person. It's like, oh, because you made me, I proposed, or because you pressured me, I married you, or, you know, so you want to really think about uh, what it means to love freely, right? That it's not a matter of, here's the thing, sometimes in relationships, people do the bare minimum. They want the most benefit and will do the bare minimum to get it. And so instead of being one of those people who want to do and give as little as possible to think about in this season of my life, I want to try to be more generous in my love, right? I want to be a generous lover. <laughs> I want to be a generous uh, to the level that is possible with my time, with my emotional sharing, that I won't wait for someone to ask me the question 10 million times before I answer, right? That I want to be generous in my communication. I want to be generous in my affection, right? That they don't have to say a million times of like, oh, when we walk down the street, can you hold my hand, right? I want to be generous in expressing uh, my interest, my care, my concern, uh, even my love for this person, right? So uh, relationship, um, and when it is healthy, is not about bondage, pressure, prison, force. Um, it is a choosing, but when you are afraid that choosing can initially be uncomfortable, but you want the motivation to come from you, that even though um, I have a lot of concerns about what can go wrong in relationship. I am choosing to show up, right? I am choosing to show up and to share and to express. Yes. And then it is important uh, who you're choosing, right? Who are you choosing in relationship? Because it is going to be very hard to commit if you keep dating people you don't really like. <laughs> you know, you don't have a lot in common or you don't uh, share values or at the core, you don't really respect this person, then of course you're gonna perpetually be unwilling to commit to them. But then you have to ask yourself, why is it I keep dating people I don't respect? Why is it I keep dating people I have nothing in common with? That that may be uh, the self-sabotage and the fear of commitment so it makes it easy for me to keep everyone at a distance because everyone I kind of let in, I'm not really into anyway. So I invite you to think about 
releasing uh, people and relationships that you already know you have no desire for. You already know your intentions with them. And I like to say that sometimes we're holding up people from being in places where they would be appreciated. You know, if you're entertaining someone you really don't care much for, there may be someone who would really love that person, right? And they're held up with you and you're clear you don't really want them. Yes. So uh, in order to free yourself or be open to authentic uh, commitment, then uh, to be willing to release uh, the dead ends. Right. If you already know, you know, and you, you knew before it started, this was a dead end. You already knew it. So sometimes either boredom or security or familiarity, we keep people around that we don't really want. Yes. So I invite you uh, to be be more honest in the ways you relate to people. And you may say, oh, well, I told them I didn't want a commitment, but it's kind of a mixed message because you keep engaging with them. Yes. Uh, so that I can um, take the risk, the courageous risk of actually engaging with people that I am drawn to that I have great respect or admiration for or uh, whose um, uh, company I, I really enjoy, yes? So we wanna have a shift in that way. And then the final uh, strategy I'll mention is the importance of having some people in your life who are in a healthy relationship. It doesn't mean perfect, right? Not perfect. But as I said, if you're surrounded by everyone who is miserable and abused and toxic, that's not very appealing. And it also doesn't give you a sense of what does a healthy relationship look like. So instead, I want to invite you to really think about um, what it will mean in this season of my life to be more open uh, to having friends around me who actually enjoy the people they're with. So we don't have a culture of just sitting around complaining about our partners, but like who are the people who, again, not that the partner is perfect, but you can tell actually delight in the person they're with, actually enjoy it, right? That will uh, teach you some things and show you some things about you know the goodness of relationship about what relationship with two imperfect people who love each other can look like. And some people have never seen that up close. So it's important to try to uh, consider that in your, in your friendship circle, right? Because uh, like minds often uh, feed off of each other. And so if I'm surrounded by people who think that all relationships are horrible and you should avoid them like the plague, then I'm more likely to keep holding on to that belief versus if I have some people around me who uh, will say it's not always easy, but like love is a good thing, right? Relationship can be a good thing. Commitment can lead to a, a beautiful uh, time together, season together, or life together, yes? So I am so appreciative of you all listening as we think about overcoming uh, this fear of commitment. And I want to give acknowledgement uh, that today's tips came from Lori Jean Glass, um, who wrote for Love to Pivot. 
And so we do know how important it is for us to shift away from our fears and into love. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>